0: Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is your Sunday 88 Films Italian Collection series of reviews. I'm your host Duncan McLeish, welcome to the show. Up on this episode we are looking at disc number 49 in the collection. This is The Green Inferno aka Cannibal Holocaust 2. A review of that movie will be coming up after the first break. Before we get to that... We are closing out another week of shows from under the stairs and it's been an eclectic group of reviews to say the least. Plenty of bang for your buck this week, ladies and gents, whether it was starting back with that very first phantasm that we covered as part of the Russian Roulette franchise retro back on Monday or the massive Four-hour extravaganza that was the WANiverse Roundtable. Myself, Bill Ransdell and Jamie J. Salmons going through each of the directorial outings in the horror and horror adjacent genres from James Wan. Our yesterday's listener choice episode, which covered the Vestron release of an obscure little cannibal movie from 1989 called Parents, and then bringing you to your what feels like satisfying conclusion by doing one of these 88 films reviews next week we are kicking things into gear starting tomorrow with the next installment of our Russian Billet franchise retro looking at the Phantasm franchise we'll be looking at Phantasm 2 I'll be joined by Bo Rand still filling in for Ryan Lewis and it was a fun review I recorded it over the weekend had a lot of fun recording it with Bo and I hope you dig that episode when it drops on Monday On Thursday, it is movie club time, so you have until Wednesday to get your review in for the selection, the final hammer horror movie that we've picked for this series that we've been doing. So Wednesday's your cut off date to get that in. At the moment, I think I'm sitting at about three reviews, so a little bit less than we usually get. I did go slightly off-piste though, not necessarily a horror movie per se, but we'll see if that comes in on Wednesday so yeah that is what is coming for Thursday for you and then Saturday will be another listener choice episode so the choices for those the suggestions will go up on Friday and then on Sunday 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 we'll be doing the next in our 88 films slasher classic series of reviews so there you go that is what you have to look forward to next week On the Teapots Collective, the next installment of Doing the Nasty will be dropping episode number four with reviews of Mansion of the Doomed, oh dear, and uh, the Headless Eyes, or Headless Eyes, or something to do with eyes that are headless, um, that will also be dropping. um, Probably Wednesday for that one, so keep your eyes peeled for that as well. Get eyes peeled, headless. You know what I'm on about. Right, let's get into this business, ladies and gents. I'm going to take a very short break. You're going to hear promos for Shows That I Love. You're going to hear the trailer for Green Inferno, a.k.a. Cannibal Holocaust 2. When I return, I'm reviewing that movie right after this. Want to learn more about horror directors? With a light-hearted look at three of their movies, meet fearless podcaster Gore Blimey. I've been unsettled by bats in the past, and startled by parrots, and I've even been known to jump at the odd cockatoo. Discover horror films that are classics, and others, too. There's a topless aerobics massacre, an exploding rock singer, cannibals, nude martial arts, a deep-fried... But it's not all silliness. You'll get proper movie breakdowns, opinion, and background information, too. Yep, in the 80s and 90s, Jeff Stryker was huge in gay porn. In every sense. So if you're a horror film fan, come and check out the Trilogy of Terror podcast at strangeanddeadly.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on your podcatcher. One of those people that has a certain charisma and a certain style, and I'm just hoping one day he'll rub off on me. The Trilogy of Terror podcast, where we try three times harder to give you the willies. Garcia. The one whose name is Pirana. We need a guide to the High Amazon. <laughs> Look for someone else. I'm not setting a foot in that place. Peace! Come here, hurry, do something! It's getting inside. What is it? Some kind of fish. A fish. A fish. Yeah. Damn trying to crawl inside of it. Why? Because they can't eat our type of food. Not with all the preservatives we have in them. We eat one brand of food and they eat another. Uh, I prefer to eat our kind of food. Uh, help me! Take it, baby. Pete, get something to make a tourniquet. Uh, oh. Give me your knife. <laughs> well, we could amputate the leg, but. Goodbye, Koala. Who knows if we'll ever see each other again? The waters of the river decide. You just have to wait. And welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Green Inferno, aka Cannibal Holocaust 2, from ooh the the lovely year of 1988. Okay, right, where do we begin with this one? Well, let's jump straight to the blurb on the 88 Films website. So this is disc number 49 in the collection, and it says, For years, fans waited for the release of a sequel to Ruggiero Diodato's trendsetting Cannibal Holocaust from 1980. Yet it would take almost a decade for the Green Inferno, also known as Cannibal Holocaust II, to arrive, and it was not perhaps what followers of the cycle in Italian and nasty native movies were expecting. Whilst Diodato's original ben- benchmark critique the Mondo films pseudo-documentary phenomenon, partly instigated by cinematographer and director Antonio Clemente of Mondo Can eh, and Savage Man, Savage Beast, here the focus turns to satirizing the hypocrisy and complexity Of Cannibal Holocaust itself. Directed by Clemente, Cannibal Holocaust 2 sees some enterprising adventurers traipsing into the Amazon jungle in search of a missing professor and, in the interim, the youngsters encounter some indications that slavery and European colonialism is still robbing the Colombian rainforest blind. A mix of macabre images scenic locations, castrations and slyin' jokes, Uh, Cannibal Holocaust Two introduces some belated bad taste humour into familiar jungle territory and requires immediate reappraisal for Tribal Terror Completists, which is a meal best served in glorious HD by the video nasty enthusiasts at 88 Films. The special features on the disc are a brand new 2K remaster from the original camera negatives and 166.1 aspect ratio. An extensive cleanup and color correction which was carried out in the UK. Remastered uncompressed English audio. Remastered uncompressed Italian audio with newly translated subtitles. Scenes from Band Alive, the rise and fall of Italian cannibal movies, featuring legendary Italian directors Ruggero Diodato, Umberto Lenzi and Sergio Martino, as they discussed notorious cannibal films that they had been involved in, including The Man From Deep River, Eaten Alive, Cannibal Ferox. Cannibal Holocaust and Mountain of the Cannibal God. You have the original opening and closing Italian credits, the remastered trailer, and reversible sleeve with the Italian poster design. Technical specs in the disc are as region unlocked, so it's available in region A, B, and C. The audio is LPCM stereo. Picture is 1080p HD 1661. The runtime is about an hour and a half. The language is both English and Italian with English subtitles. So this was a first time watch for me. I am vaguely, acutely aware of Green Inferno. Um, You know, obviously is directly referenced um, in the Eli Roth kind of homage is probably the best way to to, to categorise it. Um, cannibal movie that he made, Green Inferno being what they refer to the, the the territory they go to in Cannibal Holocaust, and then obviously directly referencing the name here for Cannibal Holocaust Two. Uh, I knew nothing else about it except that it did come sometime after. And let's be frank here, um, the heyday of Italian cannibal movies was long since gone by the time that this movie came out. So part of me was Curious to see what what it was going to bring to the mix, especially after reading that blurb, which is like you know, busting at the scenes with you know accolades and credits towards how satirical and clever it is. Um sadly the viewing experience doesn't actually really live up to that. And I'm sure on some level Clemente himself um has has kind of leaned into, well, I'm trying to be clever and I'm trying to talk fun at, uh, you know, the seriousness of a movie like Cannibal Holocaust doing what I'm doing here. Ultimately what I found was a very pedestrian, kind of almost paid by numbers Italian cannibal movie. I didn't really feel at any point this was, you know, satirically poking fun at Cannibal Holocaust. Now, I'll put my cards on the table here. Cannibal Holocaust is a hugely important movie to me. It's not a movie that I revisit often, mostly because I don't feel well when it finishes. It's a movie that I think is so far ahead of its time that it's it's kind of difficult to wrap your head around how clever it is, and at the same time, how macabre it is. The stories that follow that production are things of movie legend. So, you know, if you're going to be taking a stab at kind of pointing out how serious uh, Cannibal Holocaust takes itself, then you need to be bringing your A-game here. And what I found specifically when watching it was that this movie has a lot of tongue-in-cheek humour for sure. But I wouldn't necessarily say the tongue-in-cheek humour is satirising for the doing cannibal Holocaust at all. If anything, I think it just speaks to the time. This is a movie that comes out in 1988, and horror movies, for the most part, and 19- genre movies for the most part in 1988, tend to have this kind of well. We need to make them fun we need to make them over the top with larger-than-life characters because that's what audiences are craving. And that is where I'm more inclined to say that this movie falls rather than the, well, you know, it's taking a swipe at Cannibal Holocaust. Now, to also be clear, that's not the reason I'm talking negatively about this movie, regardless whether or not this movie is a play on what... Uh, Diodato did in his *Cannibal Holocaust* movie. I ultimately just kind of have to criti- critique it on its its own merits. The movie is shot well. The cinematography is really good in this one, um, and it, it looks actually like a bit of money has been spent on it. But then, when you understand that Clemente is a you know cinematographer by trade that kind of makes sense. His visual eye is quite appealing um, and it is a, it's a very pretty movie to look at. The humour, like I say, is, uh, I can take it or leave it. Um, and I've seen it done in other movies. You watch a movie like Man From Deep River, for example, there's a lot of that that kind of feels like it's happening there. There's a lot of scenes in here that just feel like we are just recreating Cannibal Holocaust though. Um, certain animals make appearances um, at certain times that kind of feel like we are nodding and winking to the fact that they were used in that movie, in the same way that a movie like Cannibal Ferox would do which I kind of feel is less, you know, kind of less paying homage and more just, this is what audiences expect now I also think that when you watch any cannibal movie, post Cannibal Holocaust, it's difficult to it's difficult to bring something fresh to the release. Um, we've already covered a couple of Cannibal movies as part of this eighty-eight films run, which come post Cannibal Holocaust. And what has been the interesting aspect of that watching it is how they don't really stack up. How we're starting to move away from the gnarliness, mostly because of when they're being released Um, because like censorship is tightening the noose now but at the same time it's kind of set the bar so fucking high it's really difficult to do anything that is going to add that level of shock and most cannibal movies are aiming for that level of shock and if they can impart a bit of that kind of Romero sort of wink wink nudge nudge there's actually a really good socio-message or socio-political message um, a societal theme, so to speak, then, you know, all the better for it, but Green Inferno doesn't really have that. Um, it kind of jumps from set piece to set piece with various bits and bobs of humour. It touches on all the, the kind of the mainstay things from the genre as a whole without necessarily bringing anything new to the table. And even by kind of gore standards, it's rather tame. Um, it it didn't deliver for me, if I'm honest. And this was one that was kind of looking forward to checking out. It's by no you know means a, a, not a good movie, um, but at the same time, you know, like 88 films have done their done their job here. They have really put forward a bold statement and the blurb for this one that doesn't really equate to the viewing experience in my opinion. Ultimately what you're left with is a very pretty, very well shot um, paint by numbers Italian genre cannibal movie Uh, and nothing more and nothing less than that. So yeah I think if you are a completist, ticking this one off the list is probably a good idea. However if you're looking for something that takes the genre somewhere else. This isn't the movie. It's kind of a, a, a hodgepodge of all the other ones that precede it without necessarily moving the genre forward. I imagine that's why the genre died pretty quick after this because there is no, there is no new road to take this down. There is no new way to package what has already been packaged a few times over. Um, and as a result... And what was really weird is obviously watching a movie like Parents yesterday, for the Listener Choice one, which is an American cannibal movie from the year after this, and that brings a lot of freshness, a lot of dark comedy to it, and feels like it's a satirical finger poke at the uh, the kind of suburban ideals of American lifestyle in the fifties. That to me has a, a, a kind of cool message at its core. And then I watch this one and this one's a bit dead behind the eyes. It has the look, has the smell, and has the feel of a cannibal movie, for sure. What it doesn't really have is the soul. It just kinda of feels like a you know, a vehicle to let Clementy do something that he was kinda of familiar with and put Out something as a means to make a movie without necessarily giving us a movie which I feel needs a bit of soul behind it. I don't think that's here. The score works really well with it as well. So once again, what, like with a lot of these Italian movies, when the story doesn't necessarily deliver or where the acting is a bit ropey, the cinematography and the, the you know the the soundtrack usually carry quite a bit of interest in my eyes and it's the same here, it does that very, very well. Overall, I wouldn't say it was a bad movie. I I can't see myself ever really rushing to watch Cannibal Holocaust 2 again, aka The Green Inferno. I give it a 3. I liked it for what it was but I could never go anything higher than that. Certainly not a bad movie but if you watched a lot of these movies and that's maybe the caveat. If you're kind of fairly green to cannibal movies from this part of the world, then this is maybe a really good entry point uh, and then you build up your tolerance through gnarlier, grittier movies. But if you've watched a few of the big heavy hitters from this, you're Eaten Alive, you're you know, Cannibal Holocaust or even Ferox to an extent, this feels like a step down uh, overall. So three out of five for this movie. Right, I'm going to take a short break. I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. Ladies and gents, this has been your Sunday 88 Films Italian Collection series looking at, um, on this one, disc number 49, Green Inferno, AKA Cannibal Holocaust two. In three weeks time, we continue on with disc number 50. And this is a twin pack, but you're only getting one of the movies in three weeks time. And then we'll do the other movie in the pack, eh, three weeks after that. So coming up next, disc number 50 is Killer Crocodile, one that I've very much been looking forward to doing. The blurb on the 88 film's website says, first there were Jaws, then there was Piranha, next came Alligator, but nothing has prepared you for Killer Crocodile. From the notorious Fabrizio De Angelis from Zombie Flesh Years, comes the ultimate in nature amok films. When a group of well-meaning scientists venture into the murky swamps of Santa Domingo, little do they know that they're stumbling into a toxic nightmare. Local industrial barons have foolishly been pumping their waste into the water and this has given birth to humongous reptilian monstrosity with an equally large appetite for human flesh. Featuring effects by the legendary Giannetto De Rossi of Rambo 3, a Killer Crocodile delivers all the thrills, spills, and chills that any self-respecting fan of eco, eco-horror demands. With performances by an Anthony Crenna, son of Rambo's Richard Crenna, and Hollywood legend Van Johnson of Eagles Over London, Killer Crocodile remains a firm cult favorite. Find it why for yourself with striking HD clarity, thanks to the 2K restoration from 88 Films. Now, I can only give you the special features for both these discs, so we're gonna run into that right now. Uh, this is a, a limited edition currently. Uh, I think they will be released individually kind of in a bit of time, uh, but you're getting brand new 2K remasters from the original 35mm negatives and 185-1 one aspect ratio. A remastered uncompressed English audio, optional SDH subtitles. Um, you're getting remastered uncompressed Italian audio with newly translated subtitles. Half a Croc, an interview with the special effects artist and director of Killer Crocodile 2, Giannetti De Rossi, about his time working on the films. An Italian in Santo Domingo, an interview with cameraman, Fredicio Del Zoppo. Uh, Italian Crocodiles, an interview with actor Petro Grinaldi, uh, I'm sure that's not how you pronounce that. And Maidens and Flesh Eaters, a career-spanning interview with FX master Gianetto Dorosso. The technical specs, this is region locked to region B. The audio is LPCM stereo. The picture is 1080p HD 185.1. Uh, the run time is about an hour and a half for this. Uh, you have language in both English and Italian and subtitles in English. So that one will be covered in three weeks' time. The following three weeks, we'll be doing Killer Crocodile 2, which is the second movie in the pack. There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. As always, I say, whatever device you're listening to us on right now, make sure you subscribe to our feed. That way you get the shows as and when they drop. And we put out about four a week as it stands just now. So you don't want to miss any of those episodes. You wanna make sure that you're subscribed to our feed. You also want to subscribe to the teapots Collective. It's essentially an extra episode of My Voice that drops every single week doing a different show. So make sure you're subscribed to the Putts Collective. Last week, it was a episode of Opera Omnia. Next week is an episode of Doing the Nasty. So make sure you're subscribed Visit our website, it's teaputzcast.com. You can buy merch to support this show directly from our merch page. It's teaputzcast.bigcartel.com. Visit us on Facebook. Our group page is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teaputscast. Alternatively, you can jump across to the Teaputz Collective Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash teaputscast. And that, with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness, Instagram and Twitter, both can be followed at teaputzcast. And check us out on Flick Chat social media for podcasters and listeners to interact through a series of message boards. I have recently cleaned it up. It's looking slick. It is your one-stop shop for finding out what we're putting out and how to track down episodes. You can do that by downloading Flick, Chat on Android or iOS or John Cody's Teapot's Cast. The podcast under the will return to you tomorrow with the next installment of our Russian Roulette franchise retrospective, looking at the Phantasm series. We're doing Phantasm 2. I'll be joined by Bo Ransdell, sitting in for Ryan Lewis. Check that episode when it drops tomorrow. But until then, wherever you are, where the time zone is, and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish, broadcasting live from under the stairs, and I am signing off.